Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Jacinta. And we're One for the Books, a book podcast for everyone. Whether you love reading or your idea of a book is a glossy mag, we have recommendations to kickstart your book love. Equal Part Book Club, Ultimate Reckless, and Catch Up With Your Friends. Yay, welcome to episode two. <laughs> Thanks, Mum and Dad, for still listening. <laughs> Glad we didn't scare you away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're our guaranteed listeners, hopefully. <laughs> Um, before we get started, I have a question for you. Okay, sure. Um, are you a one-time, uh, one book at a time person, or are you a multiple books on the go kind I, of gal? I am a multiple. What? <laughs> you don't read multiple books at a time. No, I do one at a time. Like I'm very strict. I feel like I, I just, I don't have the brain capacity for more than one book. I feel like I can barely remember what I'm currently reading. <laughs> I can't actually, I probably aspire to be you. That's no. a much better way of reading. I think it's, it seems boring, but <laughs> that's nice of you. Do you not like start multiple books at no, a time? No, never. Or oh, exception oh to the rule, I did okay. it once this week where I left, I was reading a book and I left it in my partner's car and it was at his workplace. Oh, the worst. Yeah, and I am classic book addict, so could not not read um, a book when I went to work the next day so I just picked up the next book that was on my pile to read <laughs> and just started that one but then as soon as he got home from work I like grabbed the other book and like finished that before okay. I then went and finished the other one so I still like did my one at a time thing but like classic addict had to get a hit before oh God, yeah. like can't go a day without reading that's just an impossibility do you read on your commute is that what you do yeah I well so I ride to work some days so definitely do not read on those days I'm not that good at multitasking <laughs> slash would it definitely get myself killed if yeah, I tried to do that I great. do read and walk though what yes and I feel like so many people from work so like I catch the train to work and then I'll walk from I have maybe like a 10 minute walk from the train station to my office and you read the whole time and I read the whole time and that's there's... through the city <laughs> Oh my god, lol. Um, and there's quite a few people that like, because obviously when you get close to your office, there's heaps of people that you work with that yeah. are like milling around. And so many people have seen me and been like, what are you doing? Are you okay? Slash how have you not walked into a pole or something? That's actually incredible that you're still alive and well. I know, right? Like, I think, I don't know, I'm quite observant, but I think it's impressive because I do get very engrossed in a book. So maybe it's a matter of time before I like get hit by a cyclist or like run into a stoby pole or something. Oh no, yeah, or like a stop sign. Like, oh my god, I have run into a pole before though. Like, but I was on my phone. Okay? <laughs> so yeah, it was very embarrassing. I was in the middle of the city. Oh no, do not recommend. I don't think I could even walk and read. Okay, this is a devastating thing about me. What? I get so motion sickness. Oh, no, like you can't read. I can't. At all. I can't even read on planes. That's how bad it is. Um, how do you long distance travel? It's a nightmare. And like for someone who likes reading. Yeah. Like that time on my commute that I could read, I wish, I wish I wouldn't. Wait, like, how long is your commute? Like an hour. Oh, my God. What a missed opportunity. It's, it's, I'm actually really sad. What, about a, it. what a sad first world problem. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe that's why I'm so into podcasts. But yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. If I could read, I would be so much Wait, more happier. What about audiobooks? Yeah, I should probably get into that. I a bit feel like more. that could really be your lane. Actually, yeah. And nothing beats like holding it in your I hands. Know. Yeah. But actually, I might have to get on the audiobooks. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked this question was because I caught up with a friend last night mm. and they were telling me about how they 
met someone, I think in their workplace, who was telling them that they read, they were in in the middle of reading 17 books at once. No, that's too many. Yeah. I'm not that bad. I don't think anyone's that bad. I literally... 17. Yeah, how psychopathic is that? That, okay, that's like, a bit unwell, yeah. Like, you, you, no one's got that good of a memory. Or, like, even if you've got a photographic memory, I just, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, my dad reads quite a few books at once, but he has an almost photographic memory. Really? Plus, he takes, like, three years to finish, like, two books. So I See, feel like, you know, problem. he's really, like... But he will remember every word from the book basically whereas I can barely remember what I've read like last week always like, going back literally yeah. still struggling thank <laughs> god technology exists and I've got like a google doc of like all of the books I read because <laughs> otherwise I'd be screwed oh my gosh the perfect way to keep track yeah <laughs> anyway please continue with what we're actually talking about this episode <laughs> so our summaries so the book that I completely kind of ate up I've, I've read it in a couple of days is the Last Flight by Julie Clark. I don't know if I've heard of this. Let me. So it's pretty new. I think it was released last year, and it's it, it's not like a zeitgeisty popular one. But I picked it up, and it was just so. It's basically a thriller, which is not kind of mystery thriller. I don't really gravitate towards these books. But I couldn't get past the description. Yeah, I'm sorry, but this cover looks fucking terrifying. <laughs> so I've just it's Googled actually... it for everyone listening at home. Uh-huh. Um, expecting, I don't know, when I think beach read, I'm like, oh, pretty like colourful covers. And this is like, looks like you're like, it looks like it's blood. Like it's this dark. is yeah. shit. All right. Yeah. So I would consider it a beach read because of like the addicting kind of nature of it. It's oh, like a yeah. real page turner. Okay. So it follows two women who are desperate to escape their kind of their own lives and they meet at an airport and they make this really split second decision to swap plane tickets. What? In effect, swapping their identities, (gasps) completely disappearing from each of their lives because they're all kind of running from something. And spoiler alert, if you don't want this, one one of the planes goes down Oh my god, I'm literally like the mind-blown emoji right now. This sounds so good. <laughs> it was like, I, just, I was like, oh my god, I have to find out what happens. Yeah. So one of the plane goes down and the other person is kind of left to pick up the pieces and kind of sort out this mess that they both kind of, they've both like left their lives in because they, yeah, they're completely disintegrated into like the air. Oh my god! Yeah, it, it was so fat and like, like I said, a real page turner, completely like enthralling. It was like that perfect blend of, yeah, you've got that mystery element, you want to know what happens, but then it's like just light enough and just kind of enough character development and kind of like, you know, when things are a bit too coincidental, too bit too soapy and like coincidental oh yeah yeah, yeah. and like the, oh, of course like those puzzle pieces are fitting together mm. it has that kind of it was satisfying in that way where I would definitely classify it as like a beach read because it was just like oh yeah this is easy to digest this is I'm doing it this is good actually that's a good point like what's your definition of a beach read because mm, I think yeah people because would people have different, have different interpretations of that I think so yeah what's totally. yours I would think something not super serious role that you've recommended (laughs) effectively a thriller (laughs) it's like but it isn't written in a way that's like super dark okay it's it's not very dark even though the topic may seem a bit intense it's so much more about these two kind of really interesting fascinating women and their interior lives and kind of what drove them to to want to kind of leave it all behind yes 
and it's almost it's uh, at the end it kind of turns into this feminist parable oh, which i really my dream that's <laughs> all you need to say that's exactly. it it's a feminist really, book really appreciate it. <laughs> it's kind of these two um women are in pretty abusive relationships very differently so claire has like this peach perfect life in new york city has an upper east side like brownstone she married into this super powerful like rich family um, but her marriage isn't as perfect as it seems. Okay. And then on the other side of the country in Berkeley, California, we have Eva who kind of grew up with an addict mom. She was put in foster care, didn't know any of her family and kind of got mixed up with the wrong crowd and started um, making drugs and drug dealing. So like Breaking Bad vibes? It, pretty much okay. Breaking Bad. Yeah. But like the female version. Great. <laughs> and so they kind of, they both have situations where they need to get out they're kind of at their wits end and yeah they just meet at an airport and decide to switch oh, it's like this is such a bad comparison oh my <laughs> no, god tell I'm me. almost preemptively embarrassed that I'm even getting please come on it makes me think of the parent trap but like they the reference up, freaky friday in the book yeah it just it feels like where they swap lives, yeah. like they try to experience other things. Totally. <laughs> Lol, that this is my reference point. But it is, but... they completely take over each other's identity. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really fascinating. And then it kind of turns into this rebuke of boys will be boys and, like, standing up to, like, these Ooh. powerful men who never get held accountable. So it kind of had this gravitas at the end that I really appreciated that. Yeah, it was this soapy kind of mystery thriller, which is, like, great on its own. But then it had, like, this extra kind of element. That... Like, there's a bit of nuance there. Like, yeah. it might have felt superficial in some ways, but, you yeah, know, exactly. she at least dug a little bit deeper for some parts of it. Yeah, it kind of goes back between each of the women and, yeah, you really get to know them characters. And, yeah, I, I, I definitely recommend it. It's called The Last Flight by Julie Clark. Oh, and also it had a side character called Jacinta, and I was <gasps> like, that never happened. Really? Is <laughs> yes. It, like... Never, ever. Actually, now that you say that, I don't think I've ever, not that I can consciously remember, reading yeah. a book with the character named Jacinta. <laughs> um, wait, so were you one of those kids, like, um, I think this is a very millennial age bracket thing, yeah. but I feel like when we were probably growing up, like, I definitely remember it, but I'm a bit older than you, um, like, when you would go to stores, and I feel like there would always be personalised weird shit, like, you, anything you wanted, <laughs> you would find some weird crappy item in any shop, and it would have, like, never. a name on it, your I name. I never could find my name, and when I did, it was, like, a big deal, so seeing my name in, like, print on this was, like, a big deal. Oh, it's, like, fangirling. Yeah, especially because, like, yeah, in America, they say Jacinta, so it's, like, because it's a Spanish, it's a Spanish yeah. That makes sense. So, um, this family was, had of were of spanish origin so that's why i think she was called jacinta oh my god but yeah that was really unusual for me so it was a bit of a thrill we all don't have a jane austen heroine <laughs> named after us sorry that i have the world's most generic name i have the opposite problem where i'll be walking down the street and i'm not shitting you this happens probably twice a week every week that there's so many Emmas that people will be like shouting out to a serious? friend or I'll walk really? past and they'll be talking to someone called Emma and they'll say it and then you turn around just naturally thinking oh that they're talking to you and you're like, oh, fuck, I did it again. Like, really? it's not, clearly it's not me. I don't know who that person is. That's such a foreign experience. Oh, no, it happens all the time. But, like, at least Emma is still, like, a good name. Like, it's it's, it's stayed current. Like, it's not, like... True, it hasn't aged poorly. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not Karen. That would have sucked. <laughs> Where it's common and now it's got, like, too it's, much meaning. Yeah, it's a it's, it's loaded name, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> 
And also, um, so the last fight also started with Wild Geese by Mary Oliver, which oh is like gosh. one of my favourite poems ever. And if you listen to the last episode, I mentioned that in our extra kind of blog post list. Love this. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful poem. So it like had me from the beginning. Yeah, that's my perfect beach read, The Last Flight by Julie Clark. Love that. Um, so the my first book that I'm going to recommend is Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Semple. Have you heard of it? I have. Have you read it's it? A mo- it's a movie, right? It is, and it came out maybe like two, three years ago with Kate yeah. Blanchett. Yeah, big name. The movie's not very good. <gasps> oh, no, really? I don't love it. Okay. Definitely a case of the book is far superior to the movie. The movie's still good, but it's just not like it, it feels a bit odd at times. Like it doesn't flow in a way that the book does. Mm. Um so this book so Maria Semple, if you haven't heard of her before, she started her career as a screenwriter. She's actually like I think been nominated for some Emmys and stuff, but she um had like wrote for shows like Arrested Development. Like <gasps> I know and like such an eclectic career Arrested Development and then 90210 Beverly Hills (laughs) I just love that movie. this woman is my hero oh my god I think you'd really like it so if you like (sighs) the comedy and the humour in shows like Arrested Development I love Arrested Development I think you'd really like the humour because it is a very funny book amazing and it's like the quirkiest most eccentric little family that it centres around and I feel like it's just one of those really easy engaging books there's like this mystery where Bernadette, the mum in the book, um, goes missing. And it's basically about her daughter and her husband trying to work out where she's gone. So is this a thriller? No, not at all. It, honestly, like there's it's no... It's not a mystery, it's not no, a thriller. It's like a mystery in the sense that like you want to find out where Bernadette went. Okay. Like, you know, you're trying to unpick it and you're following yeah, along with yeah. the kid and the, the father. Um but it's so good, like the humour in it, it's just super easy and chill. But yeah, it's just like a reverent, intriguing page turner. But like in a like light way. Like you're definitely not like making, you know, hard work of it. Like it's not gonna give you any profound discoveries or, you know, there's none of that in there. It's just easy and so great. I think we're like kind of make like defining the genre ourselves. Mm. It's like a page turner. But is also like relatively light and easy to yes. kind of read. That is definitely is, my definition of a beach read. We're like both on the same kind of. Yeah, your cover looks far more fucking terrifying <laughs> than mine. Is like a beautiful like cartoon face of a woman with big sunglasses, yes. and I'm oh like, gosh. that's my lane for like book covers to take to the beach. Anyway. And I just picked. I'm picturing Kate Blanchett, which I know the movie's not good, but still that'll make me read it. The movie's not bad. It's just. It didn't, you didn't I'm, grab I feel like meh about it. Like, it's just average. Like, okay. it's neither great nor terrible. Okay. It's very, like, middle of the road, which I think is sometimes the worst thing you can describe a movie as. Yeah, like, it didn't get You'd a rather it be remarkable and, like, totally. remarkably bad than totally. just, like, eh, I can barely remember it. It was, <laughs> it was fine. So definitely read the book. Definitely read the book. Yeah. She's written other books, but I think they're nowhere near as good as Where'd You Go, Bernadette. I think this was, that was her debut fiction book i think she'd written some other stuff before but not fiction as far as i know interesting i know who are these talented people i know it's bullshit. like screenwriter <laughs> yeah fiction yeah, yeah. Novel. emmy nominated screenwriter no no biggie i think it's emmy nominated just yeah. critically acclaimed same same <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just to recap that's where'd you go bernadette by maria semple great one cool so what's your second beach read 
So mine is Trick Mirror, Reflections of Self-Delusion by Gia Tolentino. Oh my god, also that's like a really intense book title. <laughs> is she the one that wrote um, Three Women? No. No. Why is this familiar? So she is a New Yorker staff writer. Um, she's like pretty zeitgeisty. She she um, she writes pretty great articles that kind of get shared a lot. But this is her first novel. So this is, um, it's actually a collection of essays. Oh. And they're all kind of about pop culture and they focus on identity and like performative identity in our kind of modern internet age. She just has this incredible ability to tie things together with like whether that's like incentives or the culture that shapes us as people and so yeah it's a non-fiction book it's a collection of maybe like nine essays I think okay and it kind of is its own like little story each in one she covers things like self-improvement body image kind of she she has this essay about um she went on a reality TV show when she was 19. No, Which what is was incredible. It? I think it was Real World Puerto Rico. <laughs> oh my God, I'm obsessed. It's such a funny... Wait, it's was like, that the MTV? Like, Real World was like an yeah. MTV thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's really funny. And then she has another one on... Um, it's called Ecstasy. This was my favourite one. It, she ties her childhood in, like... Um, in, like, religious kind of Houston area raised by these Filipino parents. Um... And she kind of ties it into, like, drug use and, um, like, Houston hip-hop and how they're both kind of connected to divinity and mysticism. It's really interesting. It sounds weird. What? You have to, like, like I just... Where, where is that connection? I'm so intrigued. That's what I mean. You have okay. to yeah. right. She's just really good at... It's, it's really good to read someone who is a millennial talking about millennial culture who's actually online there's like a it's a lot more authentic than yeah. like people just kind of observing from the outside and it's like she's funny she's really articulate it's intelligent I, lo- I do love her like a cultural critique so that's kind of my lane of the highway so okay. definitely if you're not into that I wouldn't recommend it because sometimes essays like books about essays can be like a bit kind of hard to get into basically like a longer New Yorker article which is like my my kind of my perfect book okay <laughs> is it serious no not at all oh good because i was like that's not a beachy vibe for me if it's too serious there's all, my also my favorite one was called the story of a generation in seven scams so it kind of <laughs> it like it's there all better about be a nigerian prince in there somewhere oh it's all about like um you know sophia amoroso from nasty gal oh yeah and then the fire festival wait what about sophia amoroso it's all about what was her scam what I think there's there's some drama about Nasty Girl. What? I mean, no shit. It. Like, in terms of, like, their ethics and sustainability, but, like... Yeah. Why? Also, the way she, like, built her company and kind of built it on, like, female empowerment and girl boss kind yes. of that thing. Yes. Well, I mean, her book was literally called yeah, Girl Boss. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of... Yeah, it's these really, like, interesting, sharp, sharp observations on, like, popular, like, millennial culture. And it's, like... And, yeah, I think it's good for, like, a beat trade because it's, like, it's... It's relatively light, even though it's a cultural critique. Yeah, because, like, on paper, to me, I know, it this is not a book does. I would pick up and be like, we're going to take this to the beach to read it. It's, I guess, um, you can read each essay in maybe, like, 30 minutes. That's pretty good. So it's kind of, it is easily digestible in that way. And then it's about, like, 
it's about her time on reality television. It's about how we project something on Instagram. Like it's mm. topics that are relatable to people our age and that kind of thing. So in that way, it's it's like easy to kind of read. I love that. Do you think people that aren't millennials, like whether they're older or younger, would still identify and enjoy this? Or do you think it's maybe a little bit more just for like that millennial age group? aka us yeah i think um there's this this added element for us reading at our age because it's like okay this is how we grew up this is yeah but i still think it's worth it if you're older okay yeah definitely or older or younger yeah so recommend trick mirror reflections on self-delusion by gia tolentino love it okay so my second and final beach read rec is Look, I think most people will have read this by now because I feel like it was the book to read maybe like two to three years ago. Um, the book is Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeymoon. Have I you love read this it? Book oh my god, so much. And I feel like this is the ultimate like beach vibe, right? Perfect. Okay, good. Um, this is like one of my favorite books. I know, same. <laughs> so I recommended this to my partner after he hadn't been reading for a while. And then he just like never picked it up. And then someone that he worked with recommended it. And so we started reading it immediately and loved it. And I was like, yeah, I told you about this book like two years ago. It's amazing. Um, So I think it's a beautiful, funny and heartbreaking story um, of a woman finding her own way in the world. Um, Also, one of those books where you definitely cannot believe that this was the author's debut novel. How are people so fucking talented? It's like, I mean... This comes from a place of envy. Like, obviously, it's amazing. But I'm like, what? Like, how can you be good at so many things? This is mental. And, like, Eleanor is so, like, well-developed. Like, I could not believe that that was her first time kind of constructing a character. Right? The character development of Eleanor (gasps) was, like, second to none. And the way it it tugs at your heart. Oh, my God. Totally. Um, To me, the one word I would use to describe this book is charming. There's like a yes. charming, endearing quality to Eleanor and she's the reason you want to keep reading the book. It's almost like she is the book. Like I don't oh, know how totally. else to describe it. Um, I also love how quirky and eccentric she is. I love that um, Gail Honeymoon wrote this unapologetically unique, eccentric woman who is in her, what, like 30s, I think. Well, that's implied that she's yeah. maybe like late yeah. 20s, early 30s. And is sort of carving a very different path for herself than a lot of other people are. And she's definitely, like, running her own race. I love that about her. With, like, zero self-consciousness. That's, I think, what I like is that, like, a lot of characters, um, female characters in books are written with a certain level of, like, neuroticism. And Mm. I feel like Eleanor was just completely devoid of that in the best way possible. That she was just, like, didn't even realise she was supposed to give any fucks. (laughs) Like, that's what I loved about her. This is, like, the complete opposite of trick mirror okay so these are good recommendations (laughs) back to back um i also think that it's ultimately a book about friendship and the importance of human connection i feel like that's what she discovers about herself is how much she needs that even though she lives a very solitary life yeah um oh yeah i know it's so good um and i think it's also about like self-discovery and owning your own truth and being confident to just go out in the world exactly as you are and be unapologetic about that. I think that was like a really beautiful lesson in it for me. Yeah, totally. Um, And also 
I think this is true of like so many books these days, but Reese Witherspoon's production company is making a movie of this. <gasps> really? It, did you not know this? No. Yeah. It, I think it was supposed to be released last year, but because of the 2020 shit show, <sighs> it obviously didn't. I'm so So I think it might get released this year. Like I think it might have already been filmed. Oh my God. I know. I'm so intrigued to see who they cast as Eleanor. I'm not sure if they've like publicized any of that information and I don't want to know almost. Yeah. Because like you say, she is the heart. Yeah. And I don't the want them to have cast like uh, like an annoyingly beautiful polished yeah. like celebrity I would rather it be someone that felt really authentic because totally. there's something there's something so normal about Eleanor like she's extraordinary in her own way in the way that everyone is but there's something beautiful about how normal she is yeah you know like she's not this insanely beautiful person like it's not Anne Hathaway in Princess Diaries where like they brush her fucking hair and take her glasses <laughs> off and you're like oh my god it's a glamazon it's like no shit she looked amazing before she just had frizzy hair like, yeah ugh. or they put it they're like in a daggy clothes and yeah. it's like oh yeah. she's a mess totally no, it doesn't work like, like that you just put some eyeliner and lipstick on like she fun <laughs> um yeah so i'm intrigued i'm a bit hesitant about that movie but anyway uh, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine by Gail Honeymoon is my final recommendation for my summer reads. I second that. That's a really oh, good thank one. You. Thank you. Yeah. And just the right amount of kind of um, I make think, it feel good, like perfect. Yes, it's a feel good ending without it also feeling like this cliche Hollywood ending. I think yes. that she leaves enough open endedness to the ending that you don't feel like she's just wrapped it all up in a neat bow, but at the same time you don't feel dissatisfied or like she's completely pulled the rug out from under you and you're like, wait, why the fuck did that happen at the end? Like, that twist was weird. It's just, like, she honestly ended it the best way I could possibly think to end that book. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay, so outside of um, these beach reads, what are your recommendations? What have you been watching, listening, reading, etc.? So lots of podcasts, as, as per always. usual. Yep. So um, this week, my favourite podcast of all time, which is called Hit Parade, released probably one of their best episodes. Ooh, oh my God, I'm so interested. I've never heard of this podcast. So it's, it's by Chris Melanthi, who is a journalist, and he's also a pop chart analyst. So he writes a column for the Slate kind of the slate media empire yeah about why is this song number one series so it kind of it, he goes into in each podcast he goes into depth about one kind of genre of music and the historical context of it and kind of why yeah why this song was number one and kind of the period of time so the one that they just released was on disco like the genre? The genre disco. So what he does is he focuses on um, two men, so Nile Rogers and Bernard Edwards of Chic. I don't know them. Should I know you them? You would 100% know their songs. Okay, maybe so, I'm going to go away and listen after this episode so that I can so be like, okay. I freak do. Out, you know that song? Do you like sing it? Can you sing it for Freak Out? Oh, yeah. Like, I love that yeah. it's just the same words, but as soon as you do it in tune, I'm like, oh, yeah, that song. Totally. <laughs> that's, so that's them. They're both, oh. like, legends in the disco industry. And I feel like after 1980, there was this whole thing of, like, disco is dead. Like, it's this really uncool genre. But um, Chris actually goes into why it actually didn't die in 1980 and how it's kind of influenced all pop music 
along the 80s and how Nah Rogers like was still contributing to people it's so fascinating I love this yeah if you love music like just scroll down this podcast and you'll find like a genre of music the week before that was like Nirvana so it <gasps> went into like the Seattle grunge scene oh my god that'd be fascinating and it's how they're so like so interconnected with like that time and other bands totally as well. yeah so it gives like this incredible like historical context and then what else is going on music at that time so like He's done this expose on, like, Christmas number ones and why it became, like, a big thing. Fuck off. Christmas music is one of my favourite things in the <laughs> yes. world. It's, like, it's so fascinating. You have to, I feel like you would appreciate this one. Oh, my God. And did, this disco oh. episode is a great way to jump off because I feel like there's such familiarity in that music and it's... Yeah, like, it's quite, uni- well, universal to the Western world. It, it inspired all these things, like, David Bowie and his, like, Modern Love album. And then now Rogers just had a recent hit. Get lucky with Daft Punk, so it really that has. That was him. Yeah, so he's oh, the. Oh shit! Is that the groove? Fuck, at the I'm back. So, you know what? I'm so bad. Like I've referenced Parent Trap, <laughs> and now I'm gonna be like, that's the only way I know him is from that song. Do you remember? It was this? a smash. But do you do you remember a couple of years ago when Paul McCartney did a song with Kanye? Yeah. And then all over Twitter, there were so many like Gen Zers and like probably younger millennials who were like. Oh my god, Kanye's just so generous making this cool guy like really famous. And this was just me then basically. I was like the equivalent That's so of that. Funny. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. So oh wow. Good. Yes, I recommend Hit Parade. Oh, it's a good one. Okay, I'm gonna add that to the list. That sounds right up my alley. It's so good. Okay. Yay. Um, How about you? Oh, look, I feel like this is so cliche, but I'm gonna recommend Bridgerton. Oh, my God. The, the Netflix TV Thank show. Thank God. <laughs> um, I finally finished watching it. Jacinta finished it way before me, and I feel like a few of my friends have been desperate to talk to me about <laughs> it, and I've just been really slow at getting through it, and so, I'm, I'm finally done. So what's your verdict? How did you feel um, about the whole thing? It was – I mean, it, to me – I've said this before, I love a rom-com movie and this was just a rom-com TV show. But it was like, if you married up Gossip Girl, Jane Austen and like all of the rom-coms ever, it is this TV show. So like, welcome to all of my great (laughs) loves. Perfect. Um, Oh, and I have to mention the, um, the music, how they've like redone popular songs in like kind of like orchestrated it of that time i thought that was incredible um i didn't know that really like, okay i am so that bad was thank you you're doing the first dance it was thank you next in like violins okay go back and listen oh. <laughs> it's so I good am so bad. all right so like every time i watch a movie or a tv <laughs> show people be like oh my god the soundtrack was amazing and i feel like i just that part of my brain does not engage <laughs> and i'm like yeah it sounded fine and then i'm like oh i love all of those songs how did i not notice that they were in oh my gosh what is wrong with me i really pride myself on being observant it's really no yeah it, that was <laughs> so i've got some homework to do <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it's on Spotify. If you just, I'll have a the... look. But now I've got too many. I've got Chic Up ready to go. Oh, so I can listen. To I can't have more than no. <laughs> Stop <Yeah>. overlaying <laughs> me with good music. Hit Parade is good because he'll mention a song and then play it right there. Oh, perfect. So even if you don't recognize like the title or the artist, you'll be okay. like that one. Okay, I know that song. So perfect. yeah, start start with that. I'll start with that, and then I'll move on to Bridgerton. Um, but yeah, Bridgerton. Look, I think there's definitely some issues with it. There's been a lot of controversy controversy around episode six there's a particular scene yeah um i mean from i haven't read the books but from what i've 
the articles I've read, um, they handled it better than the book did. But I still think that there was a really blurred line. And I yeah. think the fact that it, the dynamic of it um, being a woman um, do, committing that sexual assault to a man is a big part of why lots of people aren't couching it that way I think a lot of people are reticent to even call it yeah. sexual assault and I actually think it's because it was a woman it's against a man yeah I honestly think if you like flip that script yeah you would be much e- like you would almost be like yeah of course it was like no questions asked yeah and I think it also feels unnecessary like I really don't think they they had to do that narratively to explain the the problems that they were having and the like communication breakdown that we're having about this really big thing. I think that they could have done it in it a far better way. It could way. have come out in another way. Yeah, and I like they clearly already changed it from the book, so it's not like they were trying to stay true to the book. Yeah. I just yeah, I think they could have been cleverer about that. And I'll also like link in the show notes there was a really good article I read about um, the diversity in Bridgerton. So that's yes. been a big thing that everyone loves, but it was also like almost a critique of the way they handled that post-race conversation of like they sort of mentioned that like you know there was this really big division in society and then yeah. all of a sudden the king married a black woman and all of a sudden like everyone's two equal and fine and yeah this article was basically like mm, but like this isn't changing the system so yeah. yeah it was a really good critique and something that as a white woman I don't think I'd really I was just like oh it's great diversity like yay yeah. look at these guys going like doing a good job but I hadn't thought about it to that level so and that's was yeah, really important that's like what I thought um it would have been so interesting if they went into that dynamic a bit more. Like, I don't know why that wasn't explored. Because they do reference it, right? It's yeah. not like they don't say anything ever, but they like it's literally like two conversations in the entire series, yeah, it and that's make it. Sense. And it doesn't it doesn't feel like enough. And everything is good. Like, there's like yeah. no kind. I feel of... like they should have almost not referenced it and left yeah. it to just be as if it is a post race kind of world where everyone is equal and there's not this yeah. huge division because it's never existed versus it existed and then yeah in two generations it's suddenly not an issue anymore like that just feels really disingenuous and like unfair like it's an unfair way to deal with a very like big topic it totally. feels like a really superficial let's just yeah. gloss over it and pretend everything's fine it's, kind of a they solution they treat it very flippantly yeah and which is a- surprising because it's a Shonda Rhimes show like she like- yeah, like practiced in which I guess race. like is also amazing because she's so good at making sure her casting is really diverse. Yeah. So I think like you know massive kudos to her for that. But yeah, I think there's definitely some like look. I think I've recommended it and then just shit on it a little bit. But like it's really good on the whole. Like if you don't yeah. want to dig deep and focus on those elements, <laughs> like it's it's a really good show. But I do think it's worth like everyone being at least aware of those dynamics at play but then also um just to end this episode on a good note like just the duke like (laughs) holy shit (laughs) that man is a babe also the next one focuses on antony which i'm like oh no he's boring okay oh i mean he's hot but like nah, he's no duke no but the opera singer i mean also shout out to my mum who when she found out that netflix was making her favorite book series into a netflix like series she called me up and legit screamed into oh my the god thing. that's the best reaction ever oh so yeah she was on this from the beginning <laughs> well look she jumped on that bandwagon early she knew what was up like this is this her lane historical romance yeah also yeah again just gonna reiterate the duke like <laughs> 
<laughs> worth it for just would that. Would watch just for worth him. Worth it for that. Such a babe. Agreed. Okay, Love well, that. thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, hope you've got some things to go away with in the last kind of two months left of summer. Yeah, well, look, climate change is real, so, like, who knows? We'll probably be in <laughs> June and be, like, still 40. Yeah, yeah, so you can sit out in the sun and enjoy one of these books. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll be popping all of our recommendations um, and links in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe and please recommend us to all of your friends and family. And give us your recommendations. Oh, please, yeah. So write reviews, but then also like on social. We're one for the books pod everywhere. That's our website and our social. Yeah. Um, please tell us. Like if you disagree, because I've had a few people independently like let me know that they like don't agree with certain things and i would love to have those conversations yeah. with more people so please 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 tell us if you think we're completely wrong i'd love to hear that genuinely yeah and i want to hear your very own summaries yes we can like curate the ultimate list yes and we'll, we'll send that out to everybody yeah <laughs> our socials. hell yeah we will <laughs> yeah so good Perfect. Enjoy the rest of summer. Yay! Happy reading! Happy reading, everyone!